My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 233 of The Kate Show. Designers, stagers, organizers, if you are overwhelmed with work in your business, be it client work or just internal work, you might not need to hire another person. Maybe you just need better processes and some automation. Perhaps you're spending too much time doing things that don't even need to be done at all by anyone. Or it's also possible that the tasks you're doing really do need to be done, but would be better done by someone else so that you can stay in your zone of genius doing what only you can do. Yet another possibility is that your current team dynamic isn't working. Perhaps your design assistant isn't as capable as he or she needs to be. Maybe you spend too much time babysitting your assistant instead of delegating to them. Maybe you would love to hire another person or your first hire, but you aren't sure which position to hire for first, how much to pay them, where to find them, or even how to train them. Meanwhile, you run around like a headless chicken in your business, trying to wear all the hats and be all things to all people. And it's killing your soul slowly or not so slowly. Wouldn't you love to know where to find the next person your business needs in order to grow? And wouldn't you be even more relieved to know that your hiring needs could be satisfied just by adopting better systems and processes? If you're concerned that a lack of process or a lack of the right people is holding your business back from the success that you know it can achieve, you're not going to want to miss today's episode. I'm talking with Jessica Harling of Behind the Design about all things people and process. So a little bit about our guest. Uh, First of all, she is charming and fabulous. Her name is Jessica Harling. She is the founder of Behind the Design, a people operations company that enthusiastically collaborates with leadership to build dream teams. From recruiting and training to process development, their intuition for creating strong emotional connections discovers and nurtures rock star talent with established streamlined processes that impact the company's bottom line. I mean, that is a recipe for success if I ever heard one. And I am very excited to bring the conversation to you today that I had with Jessica because I was like baffled the more she started talking about all the things they do to help entrepreneurs in the home industry. I mean, even like in-person help. So if you've ever wished that there was someone standing over your shoulder saying, oh, here's a problem and it's causing this other problem that you're complaining about, let's fix it, here's how. Like, this is your golden opportunity. There's actually someone who does this as a business. Before I get into my conversation with Jessica, I would like to thank today's sponsor, Side Door. As a designer, you might feel like the only way to make more money in your business is to work more hours or hire more people. And basically, you're going to drive yourself crazy at the expense of your family and your mental health and your physical well-being. But Side Door presents another option, selling trade-only products and earning an average commission of 30% on each sale is genius. Not only do you have more income potential than affiliate marketing could ever give you, but you also don't have to worry about the headache of inventory, handling orders, shipping returns, or customer support. Just curate a room package, make the sale, and get paid. Side door will do the rest. You can sell each package over and over or offer a custom service that lets you handcraft a package for each client. Either way, Side Door is a smarter way to scale your design firm if you're trying to sell more product. So furniture, decor, accessories. To earn money with Side Door, apply to join them. Go to onsidedoor.com and get started today. This episode is also brought to you by HoneyBook. 
If you're looking for a streamlined, automated client process to uplevel your business, look no further. HoneyBook can automate your client bookings, questionnaires, contracts, and invoices. Go to HoneyBook.com and enter code SOCIALITE to get 35% off your first two years. All right, guys, let's get into my conversation with Jessica on how to know whether your business has a people problem or a process problem. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Kate Show. I'm here with Jessica Harling. Jessica, thank you for taking time to be on the show today. Thank you. I've been so looking forward to this. I have too, because as I said before we started recording, you and I have been in the same industry slash social circles for a while. And for whatever reason, we just had not met. So it's nice that we can check that off the list and create this connection because you offer a set of services that's, well, number one, sorely needed in the industry. Mm-hmm. And number two, it's effective because it's very very niche or niche if you're on the East Coast. And I would love to know what prompted you to create Behind the Design and what problems were you trying to solve in the home industry? Because like, where do you start? Like there are so many places (laughs) people need support. Absolutely. Well, I got started in the window covering industry in 2010 in the family business. I'm fourth generation in window coverings. My great grandfather started the company in 1939, still around today. And I'm very proud of that fact. So there was a lot of talks of legacy and how do we grow this industry? Because it wasn't just about the pride in my family's company, but the pride of the industry and what impact it can have on people's lives. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to go to IWCE yearly and other sorts of organizations like Exciting Windows and all these conferences. And conference after conference, since I started with the industry, there was always the same question that came coming up. How do we find people? How do we keep people once they're in the job? How do we get them trained up on to do a good job. And my background before the industry was in teaching. And so naturally, I was applying some of those um, same things to my family's business. And I started to get into the conversation with it because I had a very specific structure to how I accomplished those things. And it seemed like no one else had the answers to that. So as soon as I started speaking up, then I started to be asked to speak at these different opportunities opportunities and it spiraled into a full-time job with Behind the Design. So that started in 2018 and really out of the need of helping your team love your business and the industry so they stay with you long-term. I love that you started in the home industry and you grew up so organically surrounded by the process, the pain, the the (laughs) triumph of operating a business in that industry. And I think that's a huge advantage. Like I'm an outsider to the industry for the most part, except that I married a remodeling carpenter. And I got a really good idea of what that's like and why I would never want to do that myself. But 
the fact that you saw and experienced a lot of the same things that I would imagine your clients are now experiencing mm-hmm. gives you the authority to say, hey, we've tried that, we've done that, let me show you a better way. And therefore, you would be a really great person to answer my next question, which is, what is the hallmark of a business that has a process problem? Because a lot of people think if there are too many things to do in their business, they need to just hire another person to do all those things. But what if they don't need another person? What if it's they just need a better process? Like, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of things that you can identify as a process problem. One is poor cash flow. So the feeling there is going to be that when you look at your profit and loss statement, if your numbers are in the positive, but then you look at your bank account and you're sweating to even pay anything, that's a cash flow problem. It's telling you that you don't have consistent money in the bank to be able to pay those expenses. And that directly impacts the processes. So to drill that down even more as an example let's say you know it's installation if you're coming to a cash flow problem where you can't pay your people and then you have outstanding installs that are sitting in your warehouse for whatever reason that's where your cash is and so we got to create a process that's going to get that install to happen very quickly once it's ordered received and goes out back the door where a lot of the small businesses they just let it sit and then they wonder why they don't have cash in the bank Yes. And then it's a terrible feeling. They feel stuck. They feel like they should hire someone, like I said earlier, but they don't have the cash to do that. They want more clients, but for some reason they can't get to what they already have on their plate. And I would imagine that when people come to you, they might be in a a bit of panic or when they get to you, are they just like, okay, I know they can help me or tell me what that experience (laughs) is like when someone first comes to you, because surprise question, by the way, but I'm just kind of putting myself in their shoes. Like the situation you just described sounds really stressful. Yeah. So I generally see there's overall five different types of business thought processes when you come into a a process implementation. Um, The two that are most popular, I call the freight train and the prepared. The prepared come in and they are the ones that want to grow, want to scale, but they are detailed, they're structured, they're not in a rush. They want to put the plans in place before they actually implement. Where on the complete opposite side, you've got the freight train, which are, you know, a whole lot of fun. I love these clients. Um, They go, 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 go. They're selling, they're, you know, moving, they're marketing, but then the whole thing is falling back on the back end. And they're wondering if the people are right or if the processes are right. And so they can't even tell because of how fast they're moving. So there's a a lot of different mindsets approaching it, but those would be the two most common that we run into. Mm, Those are very familiar. And I'd have to say like everyone has probably been both of those at different phases in business. (laughs) Uh, Because like the ideal situation is get all your ducks in a row and then go do the thing. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us get way too excited. We start doing the thing without really knowing what we're doing, which is good and bad. And then we have to like reverse engineer to get a good process in place. And one thing that I know I had to figure out when I started expanding my team was I couldn't hire anyone until I had a process for them to jump into or for me to delegate to them. Yep. And how do you 
help people with that aspect of it? Because you mentioned, yes, they'll have this problem, so we'll have to create a process to address it. But what does that look like? Because I want people listening to understand that this is not scary. Developing Mm -hmm. a process is actually one of the best ways to reduce your stress in business and increase your revenue. But what does that actually look like? Are you on a Zoom call with them every day of the week to figure this out? Are you on the phone all the time? Is it in person? What does it look like? Yeah, for sure. So the first thing um, that's important to know about behind the design is that with the process side, we are consultants versus coaches. And so a consultant is someone that gives a tangible. And so when you're working with us, um, we have weekly Zoom meetings where we're going through what is the current state of your processes. And then combined with that, we start to craft what the process should look like based on how they are operating now. So it might just be a change of sequence. It might be changing who does what. It might be implementing a software, but we actually do it for you. So we write the procedures, we implement the software or we use your software and add to it like email templates, automations and things like that. And so for the busy business owners, you know, it's like having, if you've ever heard the term fractional CFO, someone can come in and look at your books and do it for you. We're like a fractional GM that comes in, restructures, helps you streamline, trains you on how to do it, trains the employees. So not just the owner and then the owner trains everyone else because the the owner and the manager is busy. We train everyone and then they can run with it. That is so refreshing. <laughs> I mean, when people say, well, I would get a better process, but I don't have time to implement it. I mean, you just got rid of that entire excuse. Exactly. Because <laughs> I've been yes. in that place and, before. Yeah. Yeah. And the burden of training people on the new process, to your point, is a heavy thing for someone to do when they're already trying to manage other aspects of their business. So now I'm curious, when you work with someone on setting up these systems and structures, maybe they have a small team, uh, how long are you generally working with them? Is it like month after month? Is it more of like you just get them set up and they run with it? What does it look like? Sure. So we've got six month segments. Overall, think about a habit takes 30 days to build. So not just are we training new habits because it's new information, but we're restructuring the process and doing software implementation. So for that reason, we work in six month segments. With that said, our clients, our average client stays with us about two years to get through the whole business in every little aspect um, related to the team and your profitability. Mm -hmm. And that says a lot of good about behind the design that you have a really low attrition rate and a long client life cycle of two years. I mean, wow, that's amazing. So what are some of the most common processes that you help people set up? The number one where people um, struggle is the order to install process. So especially for those that are in the freight train category that are sell, 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 once it hands off to placing the order, tracking it, installing it, that's where it starts to fizzle out because they might be just focused on the sale. So there we'll start. The other areas might be department specific. Sometimes, you know, we work with a lot of interior designers and for them, a bulk of their process happens up front before the order. And some designers don't even do procurement. So for them, it might be the lead to design and 
design scope, design presentation. That would be the second most popular. And then the third would be installations. You know, what would be the installation process for going into a home? How do you train overall the installers where you can go to someone like Roger that will do the actual installation if you're looking for the structure and the process we'll partner with Roger and make that happen so we pull in whatever resources and experts we need to get the process laid out mm, love it because well I like the distinction you made between coaching and consulting because a coach will give great advice and tell you what to do. Yes. But when you have the consultant, which is what I do, but just for marketing, doing a bulk of the work for you, it saves time. It saves money messing around, trying different things that aren't going to work. And on that note, are there any certain platforms that you find your team is always going back to and setting up your clients with so that they can have better workflows? Yeah, we analyze the biggest need for ROI. So the types of softwares we work with would either be a quoting tool where on the upfront sales end that might speed up or make their quoting more accurate. We can also work with a general CRM that might be pipeline management, customer information, um, data and stuff, pipeline management, but we can also do project management software. So there's a handful of systems we work with on a regular. There's 10 different ones, but I've used even more than that. So we analyze each company, what their specific needs are, how big they are, what types of processes they need. And then based on that, we'll either use the software they currently have or introduce them with something new. Hmm, gotcha. And when you're introducing them to something new, you mentioned training for the business owner and the team. And what does the training consist of? More Zoom calls, um, online videos? Yeah, it's mostly the Zoom calls, but it's combined then with also the procedures that we're writing. So any process that is discussed is then translated into a document. So there's, you know, in some cases with softwares, we might have visuals that point to click this button and then also, you know, a step-by-step -step explanation in terms of words. Mm, got it. Yeah, that makes sense that you're creating that uh, standard operating procedure for the SOP. Yep. Which makes it easier for them to bring more people on the team, which is why I want to switch gears now from process and talk about people mm -hmm. because businesses with people problems doesn't necessarily just mean they don't have enough people, right? It might mm -hmm. be that they have the wrong people. So let's break that down because you're more the expert here than I am. Hey guys, real talk for a second. How much do the visuals and the copywriting of your business matter? Well, short answer, a lot. One more question for you. How much does that stress you out? A lot, right? Another short answer. Because unless you have a graphic designer, a copywriter, and a web developer in your back pocket, creating all the right marketing pieces for your brand can feel really overwhelming. But you might also be really tired of brand inconsistency, not having a sales funnel, feeling discombobulated or scattered in your marketing. I get the feeling. And it's not fun. To solve this issue for you guys, I created the Socialite Shop to make it easy for you to get exactly what you need to market your business really well. Website templates with built-in SEO, industry-specific stock photos, and our coveted Canva templates for freebies, 
ebooks, lead magnets, client guides, pricing guides, social media content, whatever you might need in your marketing. Now, if you're a member of Socialite Vault, you already have free access to all of these things. Plus, you have access to the email marketing and the blog post templates, and those are only ever going to be for our Vault members. But if you're not a member and you would like to use the different Canva templates, let's say you need a lead magnet, you need a pricing guide, you need a new website, you just need all the things, you now have options and you can head over to the Socialite shop to get those needs met. So grab the next beautiful template for your marketing by going to socialitefault.com forward slash shop. So what are the signs of a business that has a people problem? Yeah, for sure. So in comparison to process, Think about people as the emotions and the process is the tangible. So time is not an emotion. While it's an intangible, it's still a tangible. And so time has to be a process thing. Emotions go into the people side. So if there's low morale, emotional workers, lack of collaboration, they're not taking ownership of their role or making excuses for why it can't be done, those are people problems. Whereas if they're saying to you, I don't have the time or I missed that deadline because these other elements weren't done, you can go back to the process and see, okay, well, if we just tweak this and this and this, it gives them back more time, but they're excited. They're willing to be working with you. They're under operating under your core values. So if it's an emotional side, it might be a people problem. That's number one. But number two, then you have to look at their capability, their skill set. They may have the most amazing personality, but if they've never typed administratively on a computer before and they've always been in a selling capacity or retail environment, they may not have the skills to do that. So looking at their resume, talking through with them, understanding their experience and how that can come to the table will help you determine between people and process. Yeah. I wish I could remember who originally said this, but it was something to akin of like having the right butts in the right seats. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember who said that, but it's so true because um, first of all, the business owner can't be sitting in every seat, right? Like that's just not practical. And I see a lot of interior designers who are still trying to occupy every seat. I mean, it's like this insane game of musical chairs and suddenly a chair gets pulled out from under them and then, then it's not good. And like, I feel like pretty much every business owner has been there at some point in their business. But when you're talking about having people in the business for whatever reason, then maybe they shouldn't be in the business anymore or there's no longer a position for them. Whew, talk about a, an emotional situation. Mm -hmm. So do you help clients navigate those things? Yes, um, in a couple of different ways. So from a, a process structure side, that's why we get involved in the training of the employees. I have found in um, mid to large size organizations when there's different departments, different um, layers of hierarchy, that 
just like the telephone game, communication gets lost in the translation. So we go right to the source, to the people that are actually doing the job to train them on it. But then also sometimes it requires a restructuring. And so we coach at that point on the mindset of why are we doing it this way? How is it going to affect them in a positive way? Because all of what we're doing should affect them and the company in a positive way. I am not going in to any situation going, oh, I don't like that person. Just get rid of them. (laughs) It's always (laughs) assuming that it's a good team first. And Mm -hmm. then if we find they can't implement it for skill reasons or emotional reasons, then we address it. And I then address it with the owner and give them their HR related options of warnings, trainings, probations, and things like that. So we can coach on that mindset, but we can also write the procedures of, let's say it's just insubordination. They're just not following through. We've got HR forms for all of that. So if you're sitting down and doing an employee review, you can mark off if you've had the conversation, if they have progressed well. And so that HR element also is in the people in the process side. Mm, Yeah. I like that you walk into the situation, assuming that everyone who's there should be there and that they have a good team. Yeah. That's the best way to approach it. Now, what if they go through getting their processes set up and they do some restructuring and they realize they need to hire one or two more people? Like, how do you guys help with that? Sure. So on our recruiting division, um, we can do recruiting for them. So we have a whole process from start to finish, from headhunting to placing ads. As the candidates come in, we do the front screenings for them. So compared to other recruiters, so they don't have to do multiple stages on their side. Essentially, my goal is that they only do one interview compared to a couple of people, and then they make their decision as opposed to going through an assessment, going through a phone screen, doing the in-person, all of those that are required to get a good person, but then is too much time on the owner or the manager's plate. So we take all that up front. We do all that screening. We do the headhunting and the ad writing to find those candidates, and then After they're moved forward, we walk them through to the end. So it's like having us as your HR department. We will make the offer letter. We'll give that to the candidates, negotiate with them, get a reference and a background check initiated, and then they're all ready to start for them. So that's on our recruiting side. And then our training side, we can train them how to do it, whether they're you know a one-person show that is now adding their first individual. We have a do-it-yourself packet that can give them the higher ads the interview questions, all things that they need. Or if it's a large organization and they're adding or creating an HR department, we can train the HR department on the structure and the process of how to recruit someone. So either do it for them or train them how to do it. Wow. That's incredibly valuable because a lot of people think when they need help in their design business, and I can only say this because I've been told by so many designers, the first thing they do is go to Fiverr. Mm-hmm. or they recruit a local college student. Yep. And sometimes I think it's because those people are available. So there's mm-hmm. such a thing as a low-hanging fruit. Like I sure. completely get that. And those people also work for a lot less. Yes. But there's also the thing about you get what you pay for. And if you're not <laughs> paying much, you may not get much. So do you help people structure a compensation package or figure out, do they need a full-time on payroll employee or do they just need a subcontractor? Like, do you help them sort through that mess? 
Yeah, actually, that's on our um, complimentary discovery call. So if they're interested in the recruiting side for us to do it for them, I will have the initial conversation to determine if it's right for them. Because sometimes I'll say, go get a virtual assistant. Here's the name of a a great person that I recommend. And then when you're ready for that full-time person, you know, then we can help you. Or this is how you find a subcontractor. So my initial discovery call with them will point them in the right direction. And then with compensation during onboarding, let's say they want to hire a full-time person, a W-2, and they, they need to know market rates and stuff like that. We do an analysis on onboarding that says, what is your market paying for this type of role? And then what is the industry paying for this type of role? And if it's more complicated, that's okay. You know, sales, we've got like five different compensation structures for base plus commission, commission only, and a whole lot of different layers to it. So during onboarding, we will go through and decide compensation and benefits because we don't even post ads or start looking for anyone until we know that information. And sometimes we just have to help them through it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is something that will really derail a business owner. If they're like, I don't know where to look. I don't know how much to pay them. I don't even know which position I need to hire for first. Mm -hmm. And when you're helping people restructure and there are empty seats to fill, do you see any trends in businesses that you work with? Like, oh, it seems like everyone always needs to hire an XYZ. Yeah, it goes in like a pyramid. So when you're a first, you're a one person show, you're hiring your first person. Usually that's either going to be if you're the salesperson or the lead designer, that's either going to be an administrative support to take that off of your plate, or it's going to be installation support. Assuming that you might be able to get a subcontractor, then your admin support will give you the most time off of your plate so that you can focus on things like sales or marketing or the things that you don't want to do. Maybe you're better at the administrative project management side and you have to hire a salesperson. So it's really looking at what you're good at if it's one person show to determine your next step. If you're in a larger organization, the most popular need is salespeople because that's a higher turnover role than anyone, any other role in the company. And then installers, because again, they're in high demand um, and not that there's as high turnover, but when you get a great installer, you want them to stay with you. (laughs) So you're always looking for those folks. And then they're the project manager. And then an entire design realm, you have um, junior designers or staff designers, which would be a secondary like admin role that you would add to the lead designer. Yes. And I like how you you said there's a structure to it. There's that pyramid. Mm -hmm. Um, because you don't just randomly hire people willy-nilly. There has to be thought behind it. And that's why I was very intrigued about what you do and the services that you offer. So then my next question would be, I mean, all of this sounds good. All of this sounds like it would benefit pretty much every design firm that I've worked with. But what type of business owner is a good fit for your services and who might not be because I want those people to recognize themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of what I do is either a pyramid or a funnel. So we're just going to flip that pyramid upside down and create a funnel. (laughs) So (laughs) there you go. (laughs) The first 
thing is that they have to be in the design trade. I'm not interested in working in healthcare and insurance or any of those, you know, worlds. So if they're selling a design elements, whether it's residential or commercial, but that's window covering, furniture, flooring, interior design, if that falls within one of those trades, that's first and foremost. The second then is someone that is going to look to us for those general recommendations. While we can come in and document processes as is, that's just the technical writer. What you're getting is the value and the service is that consulting and that high-level strategy. And so I will come into the organization and say, well, you'd make more money if you just swapped these procedures around and did this X, Y, Z. If that person is not interested in growing their business to be more profitable or more streamlined, then we're not going to be good synergy together. They're going to be looking for our expertise to help them with that. And then last, I would say with that is that can do, will do sort of attitude. Because we're doing a lot of the heavy lifting behind the scenes, I'm a very optimistic, positive person. And so if that client is very doom and gloom all of the time, we're just not going to see the progress as much as they want. And a lot of times there's a lack of accountability. If they're positive and accountable to wanting to make this happen, then it will work because as long as you know we do all the heavy lifting and put it in place, they are the ones that have to continue it long-term. So someone has to be the accountability champion Um, And it doesn't have to be the owner. It could be the office manager, but someone has to be assigned to make sure everyone else is following the process long after we're gone. I'm glad that you said that about accountability because that is becoming the theme of my podcast this summer. I'm not sure why it was not planned, but it keeps (laughs) coming up. Like take ownership, take responsibility. If you're going to delegate, make sure you delegate, don't dump. Actually, that's one of the things I want to ask you about. So you might have heard the phrase delegate, don't dump, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, for a lot of people listening, they'd be like, what the heck does that mean? Well, delegate just means like you give someone a process to follow. You're giving them this responsibility, this new role. Dumping means here's all this stuff, but go figure it out. There's no system. There's no process. There's no nothing. How do you help people who come to you and then they're just like, here is all this stuff. And then you look at it and you're like, you don't even need to be doing half of this stuff. (laughs) Because it kind of goes back to that mindset and accountability of where, why are you doing the things you're doing? Are they moving your business forward or are they just creating needless busy work for you and for your small team? So I would love to know how you approach their mindset since we're talking about accountability. Yeah, it actually starts with the structure of our service because when I first started behind the design in a very eager, you know, to please mindset, a lot of times business owners and still today, they come to us and they say, this is what I think the problem is. And what I've learned over the time of consulting is that it's sometimes the symptom and not the root of the problem. So they think it's the problem, but if under the covers, you know, we find out there's something else, that's what we want to fix. And so our structure now is that of the six months, you know, timeline, if you're first starting with us, The first 30 days is discovery. They tell us everything. They dump. They put all the information on us. 
And then I come out on site for two days to do a workshop with the whole team. And then at the end of the workshop, I sit down with the owner or the manager and say, okay, this is my findings. This is what I think the priorities are. These are the things that I don't think you should be doing or that, you know, is not even the problem. Like we need to focus here. And through that process, a lot of times I can open their eyes to that, especially if I'm on site, I can physically point and say, look, look at the computer right here. This is what I'm talking about. So it's a more tangible nuts and bolts approach that helps them then shift the mindset. And since that new structure, which I changed that four years ago, I haven't had any client come back and push back on that because they see it. It's like an aha moment after that sit down. Okay. Well, you just unveiled something else really interesting there. You said you do a two-day workshop in person. Yes. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about that for a second. So are there certain geographic limitations to that? Or do you work with anyone in the U.S. who wants to fly you out somewhere? Yep. It's all built into the package. And so they get one two-day on-site per six-month increment. So usually when it's in the first six months, it is a workshop talking about communication with their team. It's going through a tour and organization of their space. And then if they go into the next six month segment, it might be coming back and reorganizing their warehouse or restructuring their showroom. So yeah, it's two days, hands on all day, both days. And that happens usually about 30 days after someone signs up with us. Oh my goodness. Like I didn't even realize it went that deep for you guys. I mean, there are a lot of people who tell me, I wish I just had someone in person to point at the screen. They've literally said that point at the Mm -hmm. screen and tell me what I'm doing wrong. Yep. It's like, well, there you go. You have Jessica now. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Now I'm curious, can you tell me a little bit about the rest of your team? Just so people know, like who else might they be interacting with when working with you guys? Yeah. On our talent acquisition side, um, we've got a handful of ladies that have varying degrees of experience in interior design and um, recruiting combined. I really am um, looking for those that have that specialty niche, but also come with that incredible experience to find the right person because it's all about the skills, not always about the industry. So Melissa, Noah, and Jess on the recruiting side, and then we have on the training and consulting side, myself and Rob. Rob's our technical writer, and he does all the fancy manuals that the client sees and helps set up the softwares behind the scenes. So both of us come on to the consulting meetings. We have a fabulous brand manager that um, helps manage our social sites and then a leadership coach as well that helps work with our consulting clients for the higher level mindset shifts that have to happen. Yeah. And there's a lot of work to be done there. And this is going to appeal a lot to the professional organizers who listen to my podcast because you are literally organizing the business. Like putting like with like everything has its place. There's a certain way of doing things. So I love it. Yes. (laughs) Now, if somebody is interested in working with you guys, how do they get in touch? What form do they fill out? How can they make this magic happen? 
Definitely. So we will take it any way um, they find us. So we've got Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If any message comes through, our brand manager will get you scheduled for a discovery call. You also can go onto the website. We have a newsletter so you can get some updates from us as well as put your information in to schedule that discovery call. You can schedule it online as well. And then we are always out and about um, with different organizations and networking events. So if you ever see us, stop by our booth. Awesome. I know we've got quite a few of those events coming up as summer (laughs) winds down already. So to everyone listening, make sure that you go check out gobehindthedesign.com and see what Jessica and her team are offering. I think it's a huge asset to this industry. I am so glad that you created this business. And Jessica, thank you again for coming on the show today. Thanks, Kate. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we could make it happen. So to everyone else listening, I want you to look at your business honestly and ask yourself, Do I have a people problem? Do I have a process problem? Do I not even know what problem I have? Well, chances are Jessica can help you figure out what problem you have and also how to fix it. So make sure you check her out. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your business simple, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.